0: Hey guys, I'm back with another episode of The Unuseful Idiots. It's just me today, uh, Tori. Noah is busy, he'll be back soon, and we'll get back to recording together, but, uh... No, I just wanted to get an episode out and discuss some things. Maybe this is, you know, sort of like a a spring cleaning episode, if you will. So uh, let's get to it then. Uh. So. You know. The big story of the past month or so has been uh, the Mueller report. The Mueller report was released and to the surprise of, I mean, to the surprise of a lot of people and to the not surprise of a lot of people, Mueller didn't find any obstruct, any crimes, any collusion with Russia um, for Trump. And, I mean, you know, I think, To pretty much everyone who doesn't think Trump is a despicable person and that, you know, I mean, pretty much everyone who didn't think he should be impeached from day one. You know, I don't think they were surprised by this. I know I wasn't. I mean, I've been saying the whole time, like, I don't think Trump did not I don't think there was any collusion. You know, just his actions. Um, Like, would, uh, you know, Syria's allies with Russia. So, if he was really a Russian puppet, why would he be... uh, Bombing Syria. Like, it just... Just doesn't make sense. And, like... I don't know. It's... It's over now. Everyone needs to stop... With whatever... You know... It's over. Stop trying to... Say that... Oh, well... Lord didn't do his job, or whatever. Stop making excuses. Just, it's over. He didn't, there was no evidence of collusion, nothing. Now they're trying to get him on obstruction, like, just get over it. Focus on... There are plenty of negative things about Trump that you can focus on. Focus on those things. Focus on his continuing to sell arms to Saudi Arabia. Focus on the, him continuing backing Saudi Arabia in the war war of uh, Yemen. Uh... Talk about how he's still involved in Syria and wherever else, Afghanistan. You know, it sounds like something might happen in Iran. Talk about that stuff. Talk about what's happening in Venezuela. Talk about real things that matter. You know, I'm sick of... People say people focusing on the stuff that Trump, the stuff that Trumps does, that doesn't really matter at the end of the day. Like just whatever. So, you know, now that that's over with, we can get to real uh, topics you know, stuff that's actually going on and is important and shit. So, you know, um, this happened recently, a couple of weeks ago. Julian Assange was arrested. And... For those of you who don't know who Julian Assange is, I mean, Julian Assange is the guy behind WikiLeaks. He's. He was the one who released Chelsea Manning's documents that Chelsea Manning acquired while she was with the army. And you know, basically he the US put out a warrant for his arrest and he sought asylum at the Ecuador Embassy in London. So, he's been held up there for years, I don't know how long, but basically he's been a prisoner there because he can't, even though he's technically not a prisoner, you know, he couldn't go outside. So, by, you know, he's pretty much a prisoner, like, he was on, you could say he was on house arrest. So, uh, for long, for years already. I don't know how long. But you know, this is. I mean, he didn't really, he didn't do it. He's he's doing what everyone else, everyone wanted. He wants. You know, we want the government to be more transparent. He's one of the only ones who's doing that right now. So, uh, you know, I mean, we had, like, Chelsea Manning. She gave the documents to Assange. Assange published them. Uh... WikiLeaks was responsible for releasing Hillary's emails. So, and that gave us some insight on what was going on. That gave us insight in, on the, um, you know, everyone had their suspicion, but it kind of gave us proof of what was going on at the DNC. The You know, and other stuff. So, the fact that Assange is now, you know, he's being arrested, and he's going to jail, and, you know, like, he didn't do anything. Like, no victim, no crime. You know, just because he pissed off some... Very powerful people doesn't mean you know he pissed off powerful people in the government. That doesn't mean he should be going to jail. I mean he, he's charged with 17 criminal criminal accounts, one count of, res, of conspiracy to receive national defense information. Three counts of obtaining national defense information. And 13 counts of disclosure of defend, of national defense information. First of all, why do you need 17 counts? Like, I don't know, he did three things. That's what you're accusing him of three things. Those are three counts. Like, I don't, whatever. But... I don't know, all, if you take all three of those things, you know, it's all, uh, basically some, it's sums up as transparency, I mean, the fact of the matter is, the government has to be transparent, um, You know, I get it. There are certain things that the public doesn't need to know for whatever reasons for, you know, sometimes it could cause a panic. But like what we saw with the Edward Snowden thing, who's another one who's basically in hiding. Who's in Russia is, you know, not allowed back in the country, all that stuff. You know, Edward Snowden revealed that he was an NSA analyst, and he revealed that there was mass data collection and surveillance. Going on at the NSA, that they were conducting mass surveillance on the citizens of this country. So, you know, it's these kinds of transparency things that need to happen. You know, I mean, otherwise, the government can do whatever it wants. Because we're not going to know about it. So, you know, un- unless they make a huge error, we're never going to know about a lot of this stuff. It's all going to be conspiracies. But with the guy, with guys like Edward Snowden, Chelsea Manning, Julian Assange, they're, they're bringing to light the slimy, shady things that the government's doing. So, you know, and, uh, I mean, this was another thing, because, you know, Obama, right before he left office, he pardoned Chelsea Manning. So, you know, and that's... That's a whole other story, Chelsea Manning, the whole thing that happened, but basically then Trump arrested her again under, uh, I think, obstruction, some kind of obstruction charges, but, uh, oh, contempt. And, but now she's released. So I don't know if this, I don't know if this plays into the Assange thing. It's a little unclear. But, you know, at least she's out. Because, you know, like I said before, we need people like this to tell us what's really going on in our government. But then I saw this article that came um, from ENCA.com which is a South African news source which reports mostly on South African and African matters. But you know, like anything, like CNN, like, like all these news sources, they report on things that are happening around the world. So, there's an article that was written on March 12th, so about two and a half months ago, That says, the IMF approves $4.2 billion loan for Ecuador. So remember, Ecuador is the country, the embassy that Assange was seeking asylum. So it says, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, on Monday approved a $4.2 billion three-year loan for Ecuador, part of a broader aid package to help support the government's economic reform program. The Washington-based lender agreed to the terms of the financing late last month and the final approval of the IMF board on Monday releases the first installment of 652 million dollars. Now, I don't know if this and the Assange thing are connected, but it's a little curious, the timing of everything. You know, it's like about a month apart. Like, I don't know, because people have said, you know, we'll give you this loan if you give up Assange. I, it's, crazier things have happened. Let's just put it that way. But, uh, so it goes on to say, IMF Managing Director Christine Lagarde said the aid will support the government's efforts to shore up its finances, including a wage realignment, gradual lowering of fuel subsidies, and reduction of public debt. The savings generated by these measures will allow for an increase in social assistance spending over over the course of the program. Lagarde said in a statement stressing that protecting the four and most vulnerable segments in society is a key objective of the program. Quito is expected to receive another six billion from the Development Bank of Latin America, the Internet, the Inter-American Development Bank, the World Bank and the Latin American Reserve Fund. So not just the IMF here, it's a lot of people that are a lot of agencies, banks if you want to call it, are giving Ecuador some financial aid and I don't think, you know, I I don't know if, I think these two are connected in some way. I'll just put it that way. And, uh, I mean, I'm not exactly sure how the IMF gets its money, but... You know, I'm sure some of it's taxpayer money, and, you know, that's not good. I don't want to be paying for something that I don't believe in. Um, yeah, so, uh, it's just weird and annoying. And, you know, we're going to have to uh, keep an eye on the story and see what's going to happen, because this is not good. So, um, you know, today's Memorial Day. I'm recording this on the night of Memorial Day. And something weird happened today. I, I mean, not weird, but I, I don't know how to put it. I mean, it's it was like I don't know. I'll just I'll just uh, say it, and you can decide what. Adjective or whatever you want to, however you want to describe it. So, the U.S. Army on Twitter put out a couple of days ago on, uh, what was this, the 23rd, Thursday, So, on Thursday, in anticipation for Memorial Day weekend, the U.S. Army tweeted out, how has serving impacted you? So, I mean, I'm sure they were expecting, you know, it helped me go get to college and Helped me. Uh, I was undisciplined, like stuff like that. Like how the army helped shape your life and helped make you into a better person. But that's not exactly what they got. And I mean, a lot of people were like, "What are you? What were you expecting?" So I'm just going to read a couple of them that I thought a couple of the responses that I thought were kind of fitting about what goes on in the military. Like, I, I mean, I've never been in the military But I have heard the horror, some of the horror stories. And I mean, some of these I've never heard of. So just like, I don't know. It's hearing some of these stories, it's uh, all the more reason to be anti-war. Un, you know, unless it's absolutely necessary, because I'm sure, you know, there are examples of when we need to get involved in war, but pretty much unless someone attacks us, you know, there's no reason to get involved in a war. So. This person, Gay Rat Wedding Minister, said in response to the U.S. Army, My grandparents were used as pawns serving the U.S. Army in aiding them on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. They served in the secret war, and when the U.S. lost the Vietnam War, the hmong la hmong were left to die in genocide to this day hmong veterans are not recognized by the us army so for those of you who don't know what the secret war is the secret war happened simultaneously with the vietnam war and it was sort of like The, the army is the way of, uh, I think they uh, invaded Cambodia and, like, the surrounding countries. But they don't really like to talk about it. So, I mean, for all this stuff about, you know, paying respects to those who served, like, they don't even recognize the people who fought in the secret war. Like, I get it was a secret, but it's over. It's been over for, what is it, what is it been 50 years? Like, you know, just I don't know, recognize these people. It Makes no sense. So, uh, another one. My cousin committed suicide while on duty at the armory after coming home from a tour abroad. Uh, My mother was a lieutenant and triage nurse in Vietnam. She's been a broken person for the last 50 years over the things she saw In December, she killed herself with prescription pills. We hear that story all the time. Uh, I am 23 years old and my mom still refuses to open up about her experiences in Desert Storm. It has closed her off to emotion and affected our relationship more than you know. I mean, that's not surprising. I mean, PTSD is horrible. And, you know, the fact that things like marijuana, which can really help, are still illegal or is ridiculous. And, I, I mean, I can't even, like, you know. It's, I can't imagine fighting in a war for something. I mean, like the Vietnam War, a lot of, I get a lot of people didn't agree with it and were drafted who didn't agree with it, but there are plenty of wars. You know, there are plenty of people who signed up for the army to go to Iraq thinking that they were defending us and that, you know, now they're scarred for life. And we all know how big of a blunder Iraq was. Uh, so this is another one. Says so my grandfather was drafted from Puerto Rico against his will taken to Korea to fight a war for the U.S., and when he didn't want to kill people that didn't do anything to him, he was thrown in jail. Yes, yeah, so, you know, that, that's what happens. You know, like, when you're drafted, you know, luckily there hasn't been a draft, since the Vietnam War and I think that's been on purpose because they saw what happened in Vietnam you know during the Vietnam War and how upset people were by it so I think it's been by design that there hasn't been a draft um, but you know that Just because you don't want to kill people, you you know, they throw you in jail. It's ridiculous. And it's not even like you didn't sign up for the war. You were drafted, so. Or, yeah, the Korean War, the Korean War, there was a draft too, so. Uh, this one's from Salam Bati. who's a lawyer. So, he said, didn't serve, but did pro bono work, legal work for veterans because laws don't let them hire attorneys to rep them in VA issues. Had a PTSD case not from war, but from being raped by other men. I realized reality of government neglect. Despite support our troops, pro proffa mantra. So basically, I mean, I I picked that one out. It didn't really say much, but I. Pick that one out because, like, the VA, you can't hire an attorney if you uh, have an issue with the VA. Like, that's ridiculous. You know, I, 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 I don't know what to say about that one. But it's shocking. Um, this one, Penny on the Move said, let me think, I didn't serve, but my brother did. He never went to war, but still shot himself in the head, so, yeah, so, you know, we have people committing suicide who joined the army and didn't even go to war. So what's going on? Like it's ridiculous. Like there's something seriously wrong about what's going on. I. Uh, I mean this one. Like we know uh, the causes of PTSD and. My dad, a Vietnam vet, can no longer function without being stoned. He is terrified of crowds, loud noises, and strangers. Here's another one from uh, Pam Adams, who's a social worker. Uh, It says, I'm a social worker on a hospice residential unit. I have a PTU who is a Vietnam vet. These are signs posted, uh, there are signs posted everywhere warning staff to leave him alone when he's asleep and to not be within striking distance if we do have to wake him up, lest his PTSD gets triggered. I mean, like, come on, you know, if there are people like that, I mean, you have to be worried, you know, like a lot of these guys, they come back so scarred that you fear for your life, because... You know, they're so unhinged by, you know, anything. You know, so many little things can set them off that you're afraid of your life. But you know that, like, that's not them. They're not, I mean, it's terrible. You know, this, I mean, this is terrible. This this next one says, My half-brother from Vietnam struggles with addiction. My father from Korea lost his hearing and struggled with back injuries. My grandfather died in France. My step-granddad died in Japan. And, I mean, her, her poor grandmother, my poor grandmother, lost two husbands to war. Now, I mean, you know, a lot of, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this, that listen to our podcast are already anti-war, but... Or anti-intervention, at least. And if you're not, like, go check this article. Out. Go, or better yet, go look. Go search for the original tweet from the U.S. Army on Twitter. You don't even need a Twitter account. Go look for the U.S. Army's tweet. How has serving impacted you? And look at the responses. I mean, this is, this barely scratches the surface on the searches that, on the replies that have come up. I mean, people, there are people showing support for each other, it's, I mean, it's crazy. People sharing stories with each other. It's it's ridiculous. What's what's how much harm has resulted from the U.S. going to war? You know. Mostly unjust wars. You know, I mean, it's it's crazy. So, uh, you know, so go check it out. I'll link the article and all the articles that I referenced today in the notes, so you could check them out after. You could check that one out after. So this article is from the Daily Beast, and uh it kind of it connects with the whole uh, Russia thing, you know, and kind of shows the ridiculousness of it uh, so. The article's from the Daily Beast, and the title is, Tulsi Gabbard's campaign is being boosted by Putin apologists. So, they're already starting with Tulsi. I mean, they're starting this Russia thing all over again they're going to be doing the same thing. They're going to be trying to smear her left and right in the primary season. Uh, I mean, maybe, hopefully nothing... You know, like, I don't know, maybe they realize that maybe this doesn't pick up any steam so they just drop it. Hopefully that would, that's what happens, because this is ridiculous. I mean, you know, Tulsi is the only candidate right now who has made uh, being anti-war and anti-interventionist the number one thing of our platform. You know, I mean, and I think that scares a lot of people. You know, we see, uh, I mean, uh, we claim, the U.S. claims Saudi Arabia is a close ally. Saudi Arabia is despicable. Saudi Arabia will kill you, throw you in jail being gay they they don't let women do anything like until recently women weren't even allowed to drive like women aren't allowed to be alone on the street like they have to have a male chaperone it's disgusting and you know just because Tulsi believes in trying to speak with people over going to war with them is, you know, that's what we should do. We should be talking with people like Assad and Putin and all these guys and Kim Jong-un no we should be talking to these people trying to come to an agreement peacefully i mean i don't even know why if we should like i don't even know if we should talk to them like it doesn't doesn't concern us like you know we're not i mean Look, talking to them doesn't hurt, so we might as well try and talk to them, talk to people, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, if that can help, that's great, but that's all we should do. Once, if the talk doesn't work, then we shouldn't be intervening. You know, like, this is how... Things like ISIS pop up, you know, like, we overthrew Gaddafi in in Libya, now there's slavery over there. Like, it's, you know, we overthrew Saddam Hussein, then ISIS popped up. Like, just stop. Stop with all this stuff. You know, Tulsi... uh, I mean, she's a Democrat. She appeals from—I mean, she appeals to a lot of Democrats, but she also appeals to a lot of uh, libertarians because a lot of libertarians believe the uh, anti-interventionism is the number one issue. And I mean, I agree. I uh, I don't I don't like labels, but you know, I do identify with a lot of the libertarian principles. Uh, and you know, I I definitely agree on not intervening in places we don't belong. And don't understand, you know, a lot of, I mean, that's, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why disasters always happen in the Middle East is because we go in there thinking we're the best, or the U- or I should say the U.S. goes in there thinking they're the best, democracy is the best. And they don't understand the situation. You no, know, it's a very uh, difficult situation there. You know, people. I've heard people talk about it, and they say that one of the reasons it's so crazy over there is because. You know, there are so many sects of Islam over there, the Muslim religion. You know, there's the Sunni, there's Shia, there's uh, the Hufis. There are all these sects of Muslims, and they don't like each other. You know, it's not like the... It's not like other religions and other sects that... Now, I mean, I don't know enough about history, historical religion, you know, that stuff. But right now, they don't like each other, and, you know, they haven't liked each other for ever. And, you know, before the British Empire took over the Middle East, you know, they controlled a large portion of the Middle East. You know, and before that, they sort of, you know, all these sects, the Shia, the Sunni, the Houthis, all these people, they sort of stayed away from each other. They set up villages of their own people, their own religion, and then the British Empire comes along and, you know, when they leave, they set up these countries, and they They had no regard for the religious tribes, you could call it. So, you know, that's why in one country we'll have Sunni, Shia, Kurds in the same country and... You know, if you don't have, you know, one of the things they say about Saddam Hussein now is you need, have, you know, he was a horrible person, but he was able to keep, you know, maybe you need someone like him to keep the peace amongst all these different religious tribes. Because, you know, they all hate him. He's the number one enemy. But when you remove him, you know, there's no enemy anymore for them to unite against. So... They fight each other. They go back to fighting each other. You know, so that that's just one reason to be anti-war. You know, there's other things, like, I don't know enough about it, but, like, you know, there, there's been... We've over... The U.S. has overthrown governments and dictators in South America and Central America and that hasn't turned out well we see what's happening in Venezuela right now where we uh, you know I don't know the moral uh, you know at the end of the day just be anti-war and you know, definitely give Tulsi Gabbard a look. Don't buy any of the bullshit propaganda they're pushing to smear her. I mean, her, you know, if you read about her past, when she was, she grew up in a conservative household and held many conservative beliefs, that, you know, will turn a lot of Democrats off. You know, just just look at who she's become. Look at her story. You know, she gives a very good reason on her transformation. She was a soldier. And she went to war and saw what enforcing your beliefs on people does. So, she's become anti-war and basically, I mean, I do see a lot of libertarian principles in her. You know, is she great on economics? No. But... I would hope that it seems that she's willing to hear people out. So, I'd be intrigued in, you know, having someone talk to her about uh, economics and the Austrian theory of and what's really going on, and why a $15 national minimum wage won't work, why socialized medicine won't work, why free college won't work. You know, just, I think she'd be responsive to that, and... You know, I. I mean, right now, she's the only Democrat I would even consider voting for. And, you know, right now, it's. I mean, you know, the Republican candidate is going to be Trump. So, you know, hopefully. There are There's a libertarian candidate that's really good, and not, uh, not just like another Republican in disguise. But you know, at the end of the day, the truth is, the libertarians not gonna win. I mean. I do think it's important to support the libertarian candidate and vote for him if or her if they're the best candidates because you know, I think there's a compounding effect but uh, and it definitely gains awareness and you know, uh, I think you need to, you need to, uh, need to get them big enough so the media can't ignore them. I mean, you know, so we'll see. So a little, uh. Later topics to close it out. Um, this is an article from uh, Friday that from the Hill that says Alabama votes 10 marriage licenses. And I say yes. I mean, why the hell does the government? have anything to do with marriages like the mar- the government shouldn't have anything to do with marriages nothing like why should we have to pay the government to get married like it's ridiculous so you know i know there's been a lot of controversy in Alabama with the abortion stuff but you know, this is a good thing because, you know, this means uh, you know, they don't it's a step towards freedom of being able to marry whoever you want and, you know, just do whatever you want. It's ridiculous that the government needs to comply with or the government needs to know who you're married to. Like, it's... I mean, the one thing, they still want a certificate, which I guess, you know, I mean, as long as you can file taxes as a married couple, I guess you need, yeah, you need proof that you got married and, you know, probably, yeah, it's easier if there's a record. You know, if the government has a record of it, but, you know, like, that shouldn't, you know, like, I, I, I think, you know, having the married life joint, you know, filing your taxes as a married couple, like, I, I don't know. I think it just. I think it might. Cause people to rush into marriage. Maybe. You know like. If you're making. If you're each making. $50,000. You're in one bracket. One tax bracket. And. But if you were to make. $100,000. Separately you'd be in a different tax bracket. But if you make, if you get married and file a joint tax return and you make $100,000 combined, then you might still be in the tax bracket that you were in before. So, you know, it's, it's just, I mean, we need a, I mean, ultimately, uh, I'd like to get away from the income tax, the federal income tax, but I think a much simpler federal income tax laws is the way to go until we can convince people to get away from the federal income tax. Because, you know, I'm a fan of, you know, if we have to have some kind of government tax do it voluntarily, if we have to have, you know, like give to the uh, departments of the government that you think is doing a good job. Like, you know, we need competition. We need what happens when a company doesn't make a good product. People stop buying from them. You know, I mean, that's, you know, why do you think the VA uh, is, doesn't really do anything that helps a lot of people? You know, it helps people that come back and are fortunate enough not to have severe issues. But there are a lot of people coming back who have severe issues and the VA does nothing for them. So, you know, if funding of the VA was voluntary voluntary, then it might improve. <laughs> I mean, like you know, which basically means privatize it, which I mean, I think that's the way to go because then you create the ability to have competition, and we know that competition just lowers prices and uh, improves the quality of the product. So, uh, you know, why are why do we have government monopolies? But. Um, So this last story is, there have been several examples of this over the past few years. And this is the way to solve the student debt crisis, not using taxpayer money to pay off student debt. Because at the end of the day, a lot of people could really use their tax money back. a lot of people not I'm not talking about like I'm talking about the people that are making forty fifty thousand dollars a year and are paying, Fifteen twenty thousand dollars in taxes because they have to pay federal tax, income tax, payroll tax. Uh, you know um, Medicare, Medicaid tax, Social Security, and yeah, they get they get Social Security back you know, whatever that means, like, that's a whole other discussion. But, between all those taxes, you pay a lot of, of, you know, if you're a middle-class person, you pay a big chunk Of your salary. I'm I'm not talking about percentage wise. Because you know. uh, Yeah. Percentage wise. The richer you are. The more money. The more money you make. The higher percentage you pay. In federal tax. I'm talking about. Pure dollars. If. You know, like, that's what we were hearing with, like, this whole, the whole Trump tax cut thing, is that, like, uh, it's, I, I don't want to go into that, but, you know, at the end of the day, people need to pay less taxes, not more. And creating all these free programs is just going to raise taxes. And while it will decrease the number of things people need to pay for, it will also lower the quality of those things. So that's basically my summary, I guess, of these things. And but so this is uh, the speaker at the 2019 Morehouse graduation ceremony stunned the students by uh, agreeing to pay or by committing to pay off their student loan debt. Entire student loan debt. So, this is, so it says, a billionaire technology investor stunned the entire graduating class at Morehouse College when he announced at their commencement Sunday that he would pay off their student loans estimated at up to $40 million. Robert F. Smith, this year's commencement speaker, made the announcement while addressing nearly 400 graduating students of the all-male historically black college in Atlanta. Smith, who is black, is the founder founder and CEO of Vista Equity Partners, a private equity firm that invests in software, data, and technology-driven companies. So, you know, I mean, this is how we combat student loan debt. While, you know, hopefully, I mean, once we get rid of I mean, there's all kinds of reasons as to why the government, why uh, the price of college is so high, but until we can tackle those reasons and get more people paying, you know, so people are able to pay for school this is how we solve uh, student loan debt. And, I mean, we we saw Michael Bloomberg do this. I forget, he gave like a hundred million dollars. You know, uh, uh, other people have done it also. There was an endowment for um, like a $600 million endowment for um, NYU Medical School that was, you know, to pay off to enable people to go to NYU Medical School for free. Uh, So, you know, this is and we can set up funds where people can, you know, I mean, not everyone, I mean, 99.999999999% of people can't afford to give an endowment of $40 million to a college or a group of colleges to pay off student loan debt. But what you could do is you could start a charity, you could start an endowment at, you know, Boston University. And with the goal of, hey, you know, if, you get a B. If you have a B average or better, by the time you graduate, you, this fund will pay for, pay off your student debt, or whatever. You know, it's, there are ways to do this through private businesses, Uh, free market that are much better than using taxpayer money to do it and essentially forcing people to uh, help people pay for their college. Like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't force people to do anything. Like, that's just wrong. But, um, yeah, so that's gonna be the show. You know, it's. Wow, I talked for over an hour by myself already. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that's gonna be the end of the show. Uh, we should have a show for you, another episode. By the end of, towards the end of the week, uh, we're trying to nail down a set schedule or a semi-set schedule. It's a little hard, you know. We have stuff going on, and you know our schedules don't exactly fit perfectly. Um, but, you know, there are ways you can help us out, you know, you know, I mean, uh, in order to, you know, help us, maybe so we don't have to work so much in our, you know, especially Noah, Noah had, I have a typical nine to five job, but Noah has, you know, he's going to school and he has a couple of jobs. So, you know, I mean, he's, he has even less time than I do. So, um, the way to really help us out is to share the podcast. I mean, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on Minds. Um, So, you know, just go there, and whenever we post something, whether it's a new episode that's up, Or whatever it is. You know. If it's a meme. Or if it's just. A thought we have. On Twitter. You know. Share it. You know. Get our name out there. So we can do more things. And hopefully. Get sponsors. And. You know so we can start paying, you know, dedicating more time to this, and uh, you know, um, and you know, uh, let us know what you think. You can email us uh the unuseful idiots at gmail.com you know if you have questions about what's going on if you come across an interesting article about something that you want us to discuss, we'll check it out um, let's see what else. Uh, You know, we also have, I mean, we're on pretty much every podcast platform out there. We're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify. So, you know, the, the best way on those platforms to help us out is to leave. Comments to rate us, uh, to share, uh, you know, I mean, really, the rankings are, you know, if you uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes, that's what helps move us up. You leave, so leave us a five star review and comment on why you like us. You know, those things are the ones that help us out. And uh, as always, make sure you're subscribed so when uh, an episode drops, you'll be notified right away. And, you know, and, like, and, again, if you like what you hear, share it. That's the most important thing at the end of the day. Get us out to as many people as possible. Share it. Share the podcast. You know, I mean, I think we pretty much... I think we have a broad range of views that will appeal to pretty much anyone. And even if you don't agree with anything we say, I still think it's very important to hear the other side and to hear what other people think. You know, that's... that's That's kind of the problem with this, what, you know, the political climate right now. You know, the problem is no one listens to each other anymore. And we need to get back to listening to us, to each other. And so if this podcast helps you do that, you know... Share it. And the last thing is... We're on Patreon. So... If you like what we're doing... And you want to help us out... You know, if you have an extra dollar a month... To spare... You know, send us... Send it our way. We have uh, producer credits. So... If you're a supporter of us, we will uh, give you credit. So, uh, yeah, just do that. And, um, you know, that's pretty much it. And, um, you know, let's just leave it there. We'll. We'll be back soon with the next, with a new episode, and, you know, I'm sure there will be some crazy new topics to discuss, because it seems every week there are uh, crazy things to discuss. So, until then, I'm signing off. Corey Wachtel is signing off, and I give you permission to think freely. And, uh, yeah. See you next time, guys. Bye.